Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much once again for tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Thank you all very much. It's truly humbling how many people are listening. It's truly humbling how many people are um, tuning in internationally around the world. But now, as 2022 progresses, increasingly from the Lone Star State, absolutely through the roof, I am on cloud nine. Really, absolutely thrilled beyond belief that so many fellow Texans are now listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan broadcast. Sorry, the Beyond (laughs) Top Secret Texan podcast. Broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most... The Gulf Coast of Texas is my honor and pleasure to do so. And I could not ask for a better state with a more influential and determined date with destiny involving the UFO phenomenon and other occult and mysterious happenstances, paranormal, conspiratorial, phenomenological are even existential in nature. So, we'll be diving head first into the second part, though, of our paranormal and conspiracy iceberg of Mexico. Texas, spiritual brother, and, and some say forefather, in many ways and in many places. And historically, we do not exist without them, and they really do not exist without us now, modern days, and exist the way they do nowadays, definitely because of Texas. Having already gone through the intro as to why I'm covering this material, why I think it's important in the previous episode, the previously released episode, where I spoke about cryptids, ghosts, uh, various incidences, etc. I will now be basically watching and interpreting for your English-speaking enjoyment a Spanish-language conspiracy theorist, videographer... That publishes on YouTube. The channel, if you can believe it or not, is Yomitsu Kalion. Yomitsu Kalion, because there are weebs and weeboos everywhere. By the very nature of anime, it is an international phenomenon. And that they make really good deep dive conspiracy lore, not just on Mexican specific conspiracies, but on international conspiracies just like everyone else but in a Spanish language because Mexico is official language of Spanish and peer to peer they are incredible videos and I wish him all the success in the world and they are very recent videos because I know YouTube has been around so long that But yes, the whole YouTube thing is new, and it's recent, but 
you know, it's not 10-year-old videos. They're not 5-year-old videos from a defunct channel. This guy is still producing content. He seems to have started around 2019 making this kind of content, this genre of content. But definitely check him out. His new videos are great. If you speak Spanish, you know, excellent. You'll be, you'll be, you'll love it. If you are bilingual and hoping to practice Spanish, hoping to hear and familiarize yourself with more Spanish, maybe you're a university student, maybe you're just curious, his videos, I think, are excellent because my Spanish is weak. Weak as all get out. And I can keep up and follow, and it's very easy to understand. He uses very simple, you know, uh, Spanish terms and phrases, and, you know, uh, Basically, it is excellent to learn Spanish through and with and to help improve your Spanish skills. And if you just want to watch something that is a great conspiracy channel and you've got some kind of translator service that you can, you can help figure it out or, you know, just you don't really mind, hell yeah, go check it out. Yoshimitsu Kalion. But yeah, let's jump into it. I will be not holding this up for another minute. Check out my link tree, link tree slash beyond top secret Texan. Um, basically, the only link you'll need to find all my social media and the ways to uh, donate or subscribe to my channel and my services. Uh, you can check out the podcast, the pod page, and basically, um, you know, really um, enjoy yourself or at least enjoy my content, you know. Uh, however you enjoy yourself the most because if you like Instagram I have a very active Instagram if you like Twitter I have a very active Twitter if you like telegram I have a very active telegram uh, YouTube channel uh, you know library Odyssey TikTok got the works check out that link tree however you, whatever you prefer however you like it you know you can check out the beyond top secret text and experience. And um, I would really appreciate it. I'd really like you guys to support by subscribing, leaving likes, helping out that, uh, you know, that analytics and helping out that algorithm uh, by sharing means the world to me. If you guys could just click that share button, share in your telegram circles, share on your Facebook groups. Because I'm permabanned on Facebook and share as many places as you can, even just with your mama. There's an emailer, the link and everything, watch together. It's a great time. Brings families together. It really is, um, you know, a, a, a beautiful thing. So definitely check out that link tree. Patreon kicked me off, but I am back on Patreon now with a new Patreon. So check out patreon.com beyond top secret text. Text is... T-E-X, all capitalized. So that's patreon.com slash beyond top secret Texan, all lowercase, Tex. And that is uppercase, but I'm pretty sure if you spelt it lowercase, it would bring you right up to the page. So beyond top secret Tex, you could find that link on link tree slash beyond top secret Texan. Thank you all very much. Let's jump right into this episode. Let's see what Yoshimitsu... Kellyon has for us. I have selected his playlist, though. I know he. I just said he makes other conspiracy theorists, but the, uh, their events. But there's no need to talk about others when we're talking about Mexico's, right? But he's a local 
is from Mexico, so he knows what he's talking about. So, you know, more than anyone else, I can imagine, even more than myself, because uh, I'm not currently in Mexico, <coughs> and haven't been for many, many years. So, this video, and this playlist, is called uh, Theories, or basically Conspiracy Theories and Legends, or Urban Legends of Mexico, right? And this video is... Well, basically in Spanish, because it's, it's hard to translate it first, so let me speak in Spanish. Las ten tierras de conspiración más extranas de Mexico. So that's basically the ten conspiracy theories, or the ten most extreme conspiracy theories of Mexico. And we'll be listening to him speak, and I will be pausing it and translating the different conspiracies and points that he's making. And we're going to be going through five of these videos. So thank you very much. Buckle up. It's going to be an excellent little episode. Uh, second part, follow-up part, sequel to the conspiracy theories, cryptids, occult phenomenon, and legends of Mexico. Our paranormal and friendly neighbor to the south. Basically, Mexico has, and this is how it's going to happen to you, I'm not going to give a word for word. Basically, Mexico has a long and awesome history. There's a lot of stuff happening to it in its history and events, and so there's a lot of stuff that might be uh, conspiracies, and uh, we're going to be talking about that. And that there's evidence that exists that there's a lot of conspiracies. This is the obscure of Mexico, or the hidden of Mexico. Yoshimitsu Kalyon. Number 10. Number 10. Radioactive milk from Kanasupo. Kanasupo is a major grocery store in Mexico. It's like their national grocery store chain. Radioactive milk from Conosupo. Number 10. La Compañía Nacional de Subsistencias Populares, mejor conocida como Conosupo, fue una empresa paraestatal que tenía como fin brindar productos alimenticios en zonas populares de bajos recursos, existiendo de 1965 hasta 1999. There is a recurring urban legend and it originated in 1965, but it basically existed amongst the population until 1999, that the store, the supermarket, Conosupo, had radioactive milk. Una nube radioactiva comenzó a hacerse presente en diversos países de Europa, siendo uno de ellos Irlanda, 
this legend started, or this urban legend started, from fears that the local population had with pasteurization processes, like irradiating food for antibacterial reasons, like, you know, um, for sterility reasons. And that spiraled into mass panic and phobia based on rumors of Chernobyl in Europe selling Mexico discounted radioactive milk from Europe after Chernobyl. And that the government of Mexico made a deal to buy 40 tons of milk at a very discount price to sell to its most poor populations, aware that the milk was radiated and dangerous. And this ultimately led to a thousand, or me, like, yeah, a thousand children supposedly getting sick in 1988. <laughs> El Sergio Ramos Falso. El Sergio Ramos is fake. Meaning, El Sergio Ramos, the soccer player, is not real. He's a, he's a, he's a, uh, he's an imposter who's pretending to be El Sergio Ramos. So basically, um, he's intellect. He's basically a fake character that was created by um, Mexican football teams, but he plays for Madrid, Spain. And um, this gun is this is kind of hard to translate, but it it feels like the vibe. Like I'll let it play out. Let's see what it is. It feels though like the vibe is the same as the clones. Like when people say Eminem is a clone or Jay Z is a clone, you know Joe Biden's a clone. It feels like that kind of rumor that their celebrity soccer player in 2011 won the uh, World Cup for Spain, but that he might be a clone or might be an imposter or might not truly exist, but just a, a, excuse me, a celebrity to make uh, the football club money. Por esta misma razón, desde ese entonces, la identidad del jugador fue asumida por un hombre mexicano llamado Gabriel 
And that his real name, the, the man, the man who actually plays soccer, his real name is Gabriel Miguel Soler. And that the um, football team invented the name Giorgio Ramos to basically sell jerseys and to be this manufactured hero for the team. See, and uh, he's, they're showing right now a picture of Paul McCartney, and they're saying that this is the adaption of the method used to switch out musician Paul McCartney. Like I said, it's like our Western world, or our, not, because they're Western too, but our North American Anglo world of when celebrities, typically musicians, or, or politicians are replaced or rumored not to be the true person that they say they are. Eight. Limpieza etnica. White ethnicity. I'm pretty sure limpieza means white. Hold on a second. Let me look at what limpieza means. Cleaning, sorry, ethnic cleaning. Wait, ethnic purity. Wait, why, why would cleaning, limpieza, be with ethnic, ethnic cleaning? And I saw this beforehand. So basically this segment, though, is going to speak about why they are uh, Aryan, why Mexico is Aryan, because Mexican, or why the Mexicans are Aryan people, because not European colonization, but rather inheritance from Vikings. They... There is a theory, a really strong theory, to suggest that Vikings migrated at, far down into the Gulf of Mexico and south, south, you know, the Caribbean and southward through Mexico, creating the early Aztec civilization. And, because Aztecs are very different than Mayans, and Aztecs are foreign to Mexico culturally. They are invaders of Mexico and took over the Mayan cities that the Mayans had built. These Aztecs were considered white, Caucasian, typically blue-eyed, at least in their first generations before their genetics eventually adapted for a more uh, swarthy and brunette and, you know, tropical look. So this is what this video, this segment, number eight, is about. The Aryan roots of Mexico. And I have no idea why it's called Limpieza ethnic, Ethnica, because that means ethnic cleaning. Or ethnic cleanup. So I'm pretty sure that means ethnic cleansing. The secret society was the black word. Palabra negra. Palabra negra, the black word. The man who came up with the idea was Jose Vasconcelos. Jose Vasconcelos was fascinated with the ideology 
of the Nazi Party. The Nazi Party being very active in Mexico. And then it goes on to say that he was very fascinated about the unique culture of Mexico and the culture of Atlantis and the Vikings. And he has theorized that the culture of Mexico and the Vikings are the same. And that the Hispania, the Hispanics uh, of today are from Norte America and from the sea Interamente Blanca. So basically the, the they came from North America. They came from North America downward. Uh, the Vikings did. The white people. Because Quetzalcoatl, because remember also remember this that Spanish doesn't have the grammatically the exact same structure as English. So I'm trying to translate this in ways that it makes sense to us. Because I'm pretty sure it makes perfect sense. Except I'm I'm just you know very anglophobic, anglophilic, and a very you know anglophonic at the same time. So basically, that Quetzalcoatl was um, the white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed figure. And he didn't, or basically in the War of the Spanish, the Aztecs didn't realize that the Spanish were the gods. The indigenous populations thought they were gods. And that they were Nordics. And that that must have mean that the indigenous knew what Nordics looked like, and that means Nordics must have colonized the area. And that he believes that they were the survivors of Troy. That a race of whites colonized and basically started the civilization of Mexico in the ancient Mexico. And that they displaced the indigenous and ruled them. Basically, that's, that would explain the Aztecs and their slavery and their cruelty towards the natives. Number seven. Illegal films. In the state of Chihuahua, there have been many murders and many women, or many femicides, so women uh, murders against women, and many crimes against women that have gone unreported. So basically there's, I know a story, uh, to clarify, there is over 800 
missing women currently on the border of Texas and Mexico around El Paso down to Brownsville. Um, There are hundreds, if not thousands, of actual victims of murder, human trafficking, um, as well as the gang violence and drug addiction and, and, you know, everything. But these are specifically killed women. The rumor has it that these women are killed in pagan satanic sacrifices or uh, as rituals, you know, indoctrinations or initiations into the cartels. Um, There's also a strong rumor, and this is what this video is about, this segment, number seven, that they are victims of snuff films and sadistic, uh, you know, murder porn for international audiences like the Chinese or the Japanese, Europeans, etc. And that is itself the contraband being shipped or being or exploited or used or being created for sale, this digital contraband snuff films. And that many of today's snuff films are produced in Mexico. And that is uh, not necessarily absolutely wrong, but this is a rumor. And no, say it's absolutely correct that that happens. Obviously, in some cases, and no, obviously, very certainly happens in Mexico. Like it happens everywhere, um, and that's what they're talking about. Comenzó un pequeño boom en el interés por las películas snuff. Se sugiere entonces que los grupos del narcotráfico comenzaron a incursionar en la producción de estos filmes como una forma de obtener ingresos mayores. Antes de que siquiera se hablara de esto en internet, ya se realizaban videos atroces por encargo. So this is more verified by the fact that a mayor, an actual mayor, said that he, but he basically saw um, videos of the atrocities on the internet. So one of the one of the people who actually claimed that this is happening isn't just a muckraking journalist or a sensationalist conspiracy theorist, but an actual mayor of a northern uh, Mexican border town. And that they said this is actually happening, and that they want to stop it. You know, they have to take they have to to get people you know on board for stopping it, and that that was so what's happening to the people. Muy bien pagados, los cuales eran entregados tanto a compradores extranjeros como a gente importante del país, y esto sería el verdadero trasfondo. Yeah, and that that was um, and that the videos are actually given to very high ranking. Members of the uh... sorry, I may actually not have read that. Basically, though, may I have read that right? But basically, yeah, the the idea of the snuff film is that there are corrupt, corrupt, high-ranking members who are helping the securing and keeping these women secret, basically burying the women and. Uh, keeping it all under wraps. So, like, people who are in high positions of government are helping them, or high positions of power. It just says power. So it could be business people, it could be cartels, um, 
private industry mayor, like you say, people inside the government, but the mayor was talking about that he had saw a video and that they were the ones helping out keep these women, you know, keep it all silenced. And that there were women and children. And that, if I'm listening to this correctly, a famous comedian had a library of erotic videos and that upon his death they were audited and some were found to be legitimate snuff films. Now whether that's real or not is a mystery. Number six. Shows of the elite. And this is... um, This is separate from the snuff film video because it is basically a bloody gladiatorial type, like a human hunt or a literal fight to the death fight club or a, um, you know, murder live action type role playing type thing, um, which people will watch in person, you know versus the creation and trade of illegal videos. Otro tópico bastante recurrente en el que se puede englobar a gran parte de las teorías de conspiración de México es el de las fiestas eróticas que organiza la élite. Veanse políticos y familias adineradas de renombre. Un patrón bastante recurrente en este caso es acusar que estas mismas son un mercado negro de tráfico infantil que en su momento fue respaldado y patrocinado So basically, there are many outrageous and uh, deviant possibilities, including a donkey show, which is where a woman, a prostitute, is forced to have sex with a donkey, with a horse, um, or a mule, sorry, with a mule. Um, And that these shows are illegal, but catered and, you know financed and and it's like it's basically like the eyes wide shut of mexico except it's absolutely more terrible and worse and gross because like you say like if you want to watch a woman have sex with a dog uh the rich people do that and then they they you know know the invitation and code and all that to get into these special illegal but special high-financed areas that are really just catering towards, like, gross Mexican shit, like, say, donkey shows or, um, say, women have sex with dogs or violent stuff, like women fighting and beating each other up with, like, weapons, like, 
mujeres teniendo sexo con animales, puros principalmente. Women have sex with animals, puros, pero principalmente. Que hace mención a que en la parte superior de los edificios del centro histórico de la Ciudad de México, en lo que a primera vista son solo edificios viejos y abandonados, se esconden burdeles cuyos clientes principales son políticos y en los cuales se puede hacer literalmente de todo. Número 5. Habitantes extraños de la Ciudad de México. Como toda gran urbe, la Habitantes extranos de CDMX. Basically, um, the homeless, the extra, the, the outsiders, the, the extra citizens. The extra, well, habitantes means like habitats. So like homes, the extra home, like, they live in fucking tunnels. They live in the subway system, the tunnel people, the mole people, the people who live like in cemeteries, the people who live like in parks and stuff. But Mexico City is, remember, Mexico City is the largest and most populated city in the Western Hemisphere. Keep that in mind. La Ciudad de México tiene habitantes de todo tipo, los cuales no hacen más que darle color a la comunidad, pero existen tres casos muy especiales de los que me gustaría hacer mención. El primero es Oshi Atoko, un vendedor de CDs de origen japonés que rondaba la zona del Chopo y del cual se dice tenía poderes especiales y del que incluso se dice que se le podía ver flotando en algunas ocasiones otro del que también se hace mención es de un sujeto que aparentemente venía de Malasia al cual se le conoció como el guerrero pues hacía gala de una disciplina y movimientos poco comunes y que incluso al and uh, there is actually military bases too There's actually military bases, too, inside the city. This I have uh, heard elsewhere, and um, as part of my deep underground military base, the dumb research into the North America, Mexico City is very, very subterraneanly developed. It's, like I said before in the other video, the, the I mean, the other broadcast, not video, the other podcast episode, sorry, the uh, Mexican City subway system is massive and gigantic and because it's such a large city with such a large population you know and it's absolutely the real world that there's a lot of violence there's a lot of uh mystery there's a lot of like grime and pollution but there's also a lot of human traffic and um not human trafficking but a lot of human traffic and that there have been people technicians and other specialists who have had to go down the subway system who have confirmed that you can pick up radio broadcasts between militaries, private militaries, uh, Mexican officials, federales, etc., where there shouldn't be any deep underground in the tunnels. Say, uh, the story I had read was a group of maintenance electricians and, and you know workers on the subway line picking up radio transmissions on their walkie-talkies and their radios um, from the Mexican army as they were down there having operations, you know, basically adjacent to and using the subway tunnels as deep underground military bases of Mexico City. So, yeah, there's absolutely different and undisclosed secret habitats. You know, I'm pretty sure that's what habitantes means. 
Yeah, but taunt is. Population. So, so yeah, population. Um, the extra populations of Mexico City, like I said, it's like tunnel people. It's like the, the homeless, the people who aren't on the grid, who aren't on the books. The secret militaries that operate down there. So it's the secret populations of Mexico City. There was a story of a Japanese national, a Japanese man, who lived at the airport for years in Mexico City. This is this is official. This is on record, and this is what he's talking about now. They're showing images of it. That there was a Japanese man who lived without paperwork or without any kind of uh, legality in the airport in international uh, territory, though, for years. And that he would get money from tourists. Number four. Estraciones de radio extraordinas. So let's see what that means. I'm pretty sure that means radio stations. Or our voices through radio stations, like white noise. But that could also be number stations. So I'm thinking probably it's number stations. So yeah, radio stations, they're number stations. La Mesterio Emeserio que emete desde hace quarante anos. It's basically number stations. La Mesterios Estaciones. Similar a como ocurre en otros países, se cuenta que también en México existieron al menos dos estaciones de radio totalmente enigmáticas. Yeah, totally mysterious and enigmatic uh, radio stations that defy explanation. Though many people hear it and no one can come up with the explanation for where it is or why it's coming through so clear um, or even the origin or the intention of the broadcast. They are basically number stations speaking in code. Um, this, is, this is exactly like the number station phenomenon um, in English. They are basically um, coded signals 
from the Cold War, and that's how spies would be notified or be informed of any developments without breaking their cover. Number three, Las Clavas de Cricri. Now that I, I need to look up again. Need to look that up again. Okay, so. Las Clavas de Cricri. Because I have no idea what that is. The fictional singing cricket, famous in Mexico, Cree Cree. It was designed in 1934 as a broadcasted musical radio show, XCW. He is known as Grilito Cantor, or the Singing Cricket. He was created by Gabalito Solor in his childhood and may even be considered his inner personality. It became a second name. He was so renowned for it that people called him Cree Cree. Walt Disney saw himself that the popularity and honesty in Solor's character and approached Solor to be purchased the rights for Cree Cree. Solar declined, telling Disney that Cree was a legacy for Mexican children to cherish. Disney offered to animate one of Cree most popular songs, Cochinitos, Dormeleones, Sleepy Piggies, and incorporated aspects of his own Three Little Pigs short into it. In time, Walt Disney created Jiminy Cricket, inspired by the famous Mexican character. The character is the brand ambassador for many things in Mexico and Argentina. The hell's Calvis mean, though? Clavis, the meaning. The keys, the keys of Cricri. Francisco Gabinondo Soler is one of the compositores infantiles most popular that have existed. Sin embargo, se dice que in sus canciones, aparentemente inocentes, vienen escondidos mensajes críticos para adultos, y más aún, que se abordan sucesos turbios y oscuros del mundo. Esto bien podría ser un simple intento de encontrar algo sucio donde no lo hay, pero la motivación tras esta teoría es que Soler era un hombre interesado en educar de una forma mucho más profunda a los niños y hacerlos conscientes de sucesos que sus padres no hablarían con ellos. Además de ser un profundo crítico del gobierno, existe un pequeñísimo grupo de usuarios de Internet que tratan de descifrar los mensajes escondidos en sus canciones. ¿Cierto o no? No idea really what they were trying to say there either. So let me look it up. I have no idea what that they could possibly be referencing because I looked up their Wikipedia and everything. I'm reading it right now. There's no like mention of any kind of controversy or anything. It's just that he was a 
extremely popular and uh, much-loved child performer who basically lived without really any kind of uh, ill ill intent or any kind of ill will. Disney approached him and everything, yeah. I guess maybe that the 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 mystery might be how he came up with it, like you say, how he came up with the the idea, and that that was like maybe divine intervention or genius or or inspiration. Maybe that's the controversy. El Metro number two, El Metro, the subway system. Ya sea para uso militar o técnico, pero un tópico mucho más desconocido es aquel que dice que en las instalaciones del metro hay vestigios de canibalismo desde que fue inaugurado el sistema de transporte. So, the the apparently uh, subway system discovered evidence of uh, ancient cannibalism. So it's basically built on an Indian burial ground. And there are just many, many different things that are, like, really weird and negative and bad vibes about it. Um, before, we talked about rats the size of pigs, uh, you know, that are predatory. Uh, we talked about vampires of the metro and various other metro mysteries. Se trata de restos de vagabundos, pero en algunos casos son cuerpos de gente que, sencillamente, no tendría por qué estar ahí, en los túneles, donde transitan los trenes. Si a esto sumamos historias de gente que entra al metro, pero nunca sale, la imaginación nos proporciona ideas sumamente aterradoras. Basically, there's as many as the imagination that, that can be... Whatever you can imagine could possibly exist at the Metro, from, say, from murderers, cannibals, uh, occult things, basically ghosts, vampires, everything. Number one, pl- the ma- Plan Maestro, 1996, to 2106, so that's the master plan from 1999 to 2000, or sorry, 1996 to 2106. The master plan from 1996 to 2106. So it's a 100 year plan. Wait, is that 100 years? No, it's 100 and, 110 years? Why am I so bad at math? Got the Lyme disease. No, I don't. Don't even joke about that. Yeah, it's 110 years. Like, why, why would they just make 100 years? I guess they wanted to be original. The 110-year plan. And this is a plan. Uh, spoiler alert, because I watched a little bit ahead. Uh, to create Mexico as a superpower in the new century and evolving world and by 110 110 years sorry mexico will go from a 
third world nation to a leading world superpower in 110 years. And this is the master plan that they have created that operates all their political and foreign policy decisions as a nation. Basically, a document was found, and it was leaked, basically found by a journalist describing the plan in 1996, that there was a plan in construction, you know, even that there was a plan, but there was a plan, and this document was leaked about how the government was setting up the ambitions and plots called the Master Plan from 1996 to 2006. That its intentions are to change the society and culture of Mexico, and it is a non-political movement, but a secret, basically. Uh, it's a you know, universal movement, patriotic movement from politicians, you know, downward, basically. So this is your classic secret society of super patriotic nationalists who are going to play God and uplift and yank up the Mexican people, like I've said, are mostly rural, highly superstitious, somewhat primitive people, and yank them up to the to the 22nd century by 110, year, 110 years. This was found as a document, so this is not speculation. This is not empty speculation, although people say the document may be fake, but this is a document that they has released revealing their hand, basically. A modo de finalmente hacer del país algo así como una colonia o estado satélite de Estados Unidos. Recuerdan lo de la limpieza étnica. And that they want to set up even uh, colonies and satellites in space. And that they want to raise up the Latin or the Mayan American people. Uh, sorry, the the Maya, the Mayan people, not Mayan American, but the Mayan Mexicans, basically the ethnic type. Or they are actually. Let me see that. They're trying to kill off the Mayans. Hold on a second. They want to ethnically cleanse the Mayans. Sorry. They're not trying to raise them up. They're trying to cleanse the Mayan peoples um, away from the Mexican cultural mindset. Yeah, the eradication of the Hispanic, Hispanic and indigenous populations. And that this was supported by the uh, American and New World Order powers, the cabal powers, the Illuminati, uh, as Mexico's mission for the next hundred years. 
to exterminate and kill off the traditional indigenous cultures and ethnicities present in Mexico. That the conspiracy theory is popular amongst certain peoples, but isn't given or isn't really known to many, not really referenced ever by the government and never, you know, exactly never admitted to by the government. And that the election of Almo, which is one of their presidents, their president currently, Almo, um, who was very pro-indigenous and very pro-liberally uh, so, the ethnic traditions and demographics of Mexico, Mayan and Yucatan and, and uh, Zapotec, the indigenous Indian type populations, but that his policies, while he was had an image of being very Mexican, diversity, nationalist, and democratic, his policies um, that that was just an image. His policies are still in line with this eradication of traditional Mexican values. And that basically the video is over right now, and he's just kind of giving it like that was a very interesting theory. Um, and so, you know, and it stands to show that whether or not the plan is known by everyone or the plan can, can um, work in parts or what part the plan is on, that is a really good and interesting thing to think about question-wise. Because if it's a 110-year plan, you know, surely they're, they're taking their time. But yeah, those were the top 10 conspiracy theories specific to Mexico. I'm actually going to look up now, curiosity or that that document, because I'm really interested in that document. I might uh, spend a entire episode speaking about that document, because I believe something very similar occurred in America, and I believe something worldwide has occurred much in the same effort, where they're trying to eradicate local ethnic populations to fulfill a desire to kind of um, create a very elite ethnic eugenics program for space travel. And that's why I said satellite 
and, and colonies in outer space that cannot be understated at all. It really cannot be understated at all. So yeah, I've been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You've listened to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. We were reading the strangest conspiracy theories from Mexico, highlighting and showcasing the incredible amount of paranormality and rather occult activity in our Spanish North American neighbor, spiritual brother of Texas, the Lone Star State. And one that I absolutely love with the bottom of my heart. A nation that's as enigmatic, complex, and frighteningly powerful as it is alien and paradoxically familiar. Simultaneously. Gotta love Mexico. Thank you all very much. God bless you. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Check out the Yashimitsu Calion YouTube channel for some Spanish language conspiracy theories. Help you brush up all your skills because I know I need to. And that's what I'll be doing this year in the summer is brushing up on my Spanish skills so I can at least listen to more of his videos and better and more fluently know what the hell he's talking about. So, but quite frankly, knowledge is power. The truth will set you free. Exactly. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Even if one of those is Spanish-speaking iron and the other one is English-speaking. God bless you and your families. Peace out.